This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome, everyone, to yet another episode of Diagnosing the Aftermarket A to Z. I'm Matt Fonslow, and today I want to look at the mailbag. My inbox, mattfonslowpodcast at gmail.com, is starting to gain a fair number of similar emails from shop managers and owners, which I got to love with you. That kind of surprises me. I'm happy to know they listen, extremely happy, but I was a little surprised that a few of them showed up with very, very similar concerns. And that is, how do I get my text to go to training? I have no idea. So thank you all for listening. And let's take a moment to hear a word from our sponsor, Napa Auto Tech Training, and then I will try to tackle this topic. Napa Auto Tech offers three-hour virtual technical classes that can be accessed from the comfort of your home. To find out what courses are available, go to NapaAutoTech.com and click on the Napa Auto Tech class calendar link. Well, first things first, Mike Berg of Flat Rate Master, his YouTube channel, he's talked about this a little bit already. And I would say I very much share a similar view of his, if not the same view almost a little bit of frustration that Mike and I are probably roughly the same age and coming up through the ranks, the shops we were working at were not providing ongoing training for the most part. So we were actively seeking it on our own and paying for it, taking time off of work to go to it, leaving after work to drive an hour away to sit in a wherever some hotel or the back of a bar. Actually, I've been to a few classes where I were in the back of a bar of all places, bar and grill, four hours, usually 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. and then an hour drive home. So now it's 11 before I even get home, arguably midnight before you're really asleep. And now you're trying to get back to work before eight the next day. And most of the time it was two nights. So you're doing that back to back and the, the shop, really had nothing to do with it. I suppose this has to evolve a little bit. I came up through a time where I wanted to seek that out. And I I don't mean that like pompously. I I could see how that may seem very pompous. I don't don't mean it that way because honestly, it's really just pointing out that there were texts out there, a lot of them, and still are, that are very intrinsically motivated. They want to know. They need to know all employees, not just techs and managers, shop owners, right? They're just actively seeking education to get better. So if you haven't heard Flat Rate Masters rant really about this, I highly recommend it. Definitely it's on YouTube. That's where I've followed him. He's been a guest on the podcast. Definitely go check that out. If you got somebody that's intrinsically motivated to go to training, seek training, that makes everyone's job easy the best thing you can do is help them. There's a lot of hours sitting there, a lot of money at a time where I didn't have it. That's probably the big thing is I I didn't have that much expendable income at that time to be doing that. It hurt. I did it. I wanted it. It was worth it to me, but it did hurt. The pocketbook, the checkbook, it definitely hurt. Hopefully it's part of the reason I've been able to progress. I hope If not, that was a bad investment on my part, but I don't think so. It's hard to have a discussion about intrinsically motivated technicians or employees that want to seek out training other than 
please support them. Please enable them, further enable them to do that and benefit themselves and the shop and everybody else. I think the concern is, is those that are not intrinsically motivated. I really have been racking my brain about this for a few days. Why wouldn't you want to go? I mean, I don't know how you get around just point blank asking them. I'm not implying attitude or getting in their face or anything like that, but just genuinely asking, what is it? Is it a time constraint thing? Is it, I don't know what phase of their life lives they're in with kids and daycare and two people working. I don't know. And that's assuming they have families and kids, but is it something like that? Are they in the later phases of their careers that the, the training that they're being told to attend, they find almost insulting that this training is below them. I can't say that I would agree with that position, but is that their thinking? Are they looking at you like, geez, boss, I don't need more electrical training. I know how to use a tessellate. I know how to use a meter. I know how to use a scope. I, I don't need four, eight more hours of sitting in this classroom that I know every word that's going to come out of their mouth. Again, I'm not saying I agree with that position because hopefully if you've been listening to me for a while, you have heard me say that when you first start out, you're going to the training, you're leaving with a lot. You're you're leaving with a lot of new information. You're maybe even overwhelmed with the amount of information that you just picked up and you feel like you're just getting this terrific return on investment. And if the shop's paying for it, maybe it's not so much return on investment dollars and cents, but your time. And as you learn more and get more experience and are able to apply this more and more, you're going to go to these classes with the same instructors, new instructors, new material, and you're going to find you're taking away less and less and less. And it's going to start challenging your idea of return on investment, whether you're paying for it or not. Maybe the shop's still paying for it, but you're still spending that time there and you're feeling like, I'm going to these classes, I'm investing four or eight hours, however many, and I'm leaving with, maybe I picked up something. If you do pick up something, I think the position is you have to value that tremendously. That with your increased knowledge and vast experience, that learning one thing is as valuable as when you were very first going to training and learning dozens of things. That's just the way it has to work. It has to. Otherwise, intrinsically motivated or not, you're not going to see the value and you won't be going anymore. So if they view it as beneath them, I think you can reason with them how it's not. And you can always pick up something. Sometimes, honestly, sometimes it's just nice to know that what you thought was true is supported by material, supported by instructor, something of that nature. Sometimes that's nice. The other thing is you can pick up stuff during break, interacting with other attendees. If it's online, okay, maybe not so much interaction, but still, could you pick up one thing? That would be great. Maybe it's just a case study on a vehicle. Maybe the actual content, like the lessons, if you will, you don't pick up much, but maybe they got a case study or two that you're like, oh, I've seen that. Okay. I could have did this and saved some time. Or 
I've seen this case study and now maybe this issue shows up in my bay and I've got some direction already. There's a lot of value there. For 98 years, the Napa name has meant quality parts and service. It also reflects top quality training programs to help you build a more successful vehicle repair business. No doubt, the technician shortage is impacting everyone, but you're not facing this battle alone. Napa has the solution by making Napa AutoTech training available near you. Napa AutoTech provides automotive aftermarket technicians career development opportunities through structured, disciplined, measured, and high-quality technical instruction, no matter the technician or service advisor skill level. This instruction enhances understanding of vehicle systems, increases first-time repair capability, and overall customer satisfaction. It also prepares technicians to become ASE certified. It's a fact technicians who receive training to improve their knowledge and skills have a higher sense of job satisfaction. This reduces technician turnover and increases productivity, directly improving a shop's profitability. It is vital to the success of a shop's business that today's technicians are equipped to diagnose and repair today's complex vehicles. With our ever-changing technology, the technician's knowledge and skills need to be updated and refreshed on a regular basis. As you labor over the decision of whether to send your techs to get their skills sharpened, keep in mind, Napa AutoTech training is an investment, not an expense, and it's available to all. Much of Napa AutoTech's training is offered in more than one format to accommodate varieties of learning styles and training preferences so each person can maximize their learning. Whether you're more of a hands-on person or enjoy learning at your own pace, Napa AutoTech is here to provide you with the training you need and the format that works best for you. To learn more about what Napa AutoTech offers, contact NapaAutoTech.com. The other thing is, do they feel like their time is being compensated for? And it gets rough, right? Because we just talked about somebody that's intrinsically motivated. They're willing to invest their time and often their own money for training. But now I have somebody that isn't. Is part of the reason they're not intrinsically motivated is they used to be intrinsically motivated, but they found out other professions really pay for everything for training. Pay for your time, pay for your travel. If you're traveling, traveling like a ways away where you're going to be staying at a hotel of some sort, that they're picking up the hotel, giving a, I guess, an allowance, if you will, so that money to buy food, probably in the form of a card that gets loaded with X amount of dollars a day, something of that nature. And they look at what they have and what the shop's providing and frown or cringe. It's something to think about. A few of these emails were from managers and shop owners where the shops are paying for everything and they're sending people or trying to send them to events and paying for everything. So is the issue the travel, meaning this time away from home, some sort of separation anxiety? Have they ever been to Vision before or any big trade show or training event? Have they ever been to anything like that? And are they going alone? Do they know anybody there? That's something to consider. I'm not saying it justifies them not going. I can certainly understand the hesitancy though. So now it's how big is the shop? Can we send a couple? Maybe depending on the event, if we're talking about events, big events, if there's something for significant others to do or families to do, maybe they you can help send them with their significant others or families. Uh, some shows do that. There's stuff to do for everyone that isn't going to training. Although a lot of times, depending on how old the kids are, the, a swimming pool is enough. Even just a hotel room is enough. 
that might be a big one is that anxiety of being gone for a while, especially if we're talking about these events that go on for days, extended weekends, something of that nature. I would hope that if they leveraged a little bit of social media, got into some Facebook groups and just put out there like, Hey, is anyone going to this event or that event? What do you think of the event? Boss is talking about sending me. I don't know anybody. Then maybe there's a few names that you could run into and who knows what happens right after that. But you wouldn't feel so isolated. You wouldn't feel so alone and on your own back on the individual to take a little bit of initiative with that. I'm just, again, somewhat rough to get around that there's a growing number of shops willing to pay, pay for the event, pay you to go to the event and really like minimize the financial load. They can't minimize the time. I guess, honestly, these events are run through the day. So you'd be at work anyways. And then I guess, yes, there's on weekends. It just, how do you get around the fact as an employee, as a tech, I don't care if you're the owner or the manager, this is your career. This is your profession. Why, why wouldn't we be doing what we could to hone our crafts? If my profession is owning, managing an auto repair facility, why wouldn't I want to hone my craft as an owner, obviously for selfish reasons, And it doesn't even have to be 100% selfish, but sure, I want to make more money. I want this investment to pay off. I want to minimize my risk. And oh, by the way, you know what? My employees, I do like them. I do care about them. I care about their families. And so I want this to be successful enough that I can help them take care of them, their loved ones, their families. So why wouldn't you? And if you're a manager, it's the same. And now as a, a technician or a service advisor, this is my career. This is my profession. I'm going to hone this profession to be as good at it as I can and stay on top of it as long as I can. There has to be some investment. We can't get around that. It's pretty awesome if you work for a facility that's looking to help minimize that investment. But I don't think it's asking a whole lot to have you invest something. Effort, of course. Time. In some of these cases, you're being compensated for that time. And I think the last thing really, and this could apply to more than just training, this could also apply to ASE credentials, is help them see the value. Meaning many shops, plans set up, pay plans, not succession planning, but how you progress. So maybe progression planning, how you progress through your career there and move up the ladder It involves training, showing them how much training helps them, not just the nuts and bolts of things or doing the job, but also helps them move up in the company or keep increasing their income levels. And it isn't just, I went to this class to learn how to do this faster. Now I can whip out more work, thus make more money, although that may be part of it there might be more to it. So I think that's the last thing that can really comes to my mind. If you have other thoughts about this, if you know better reasons or other reasons uh, that I've listed here, I'd really like to hear from you. If you'd email me or message me on uh, Facebook Messenger, post on the Diagnosing the Aftermarket Facebook page, we can start a conversation. 
But yeah, if you want to keep it more private, definitely email me, instant message me. I would, I'm very interested to hear the perspective of somebody that is resistant to going to training. I am honestly just interested in and intrigued, curious, and wish to know. I just feel as, as professionals that we've been pushing for many years, decades even, to be treated more like professionals. And it seems to me that that is happening more and more. Not by every shop, of course, but a growing number. And the ones that were sort of doing it years and years ago are trying to do it better and better. So I don't know. It's hard not to think about it in terms of getting what you want and you're still not happy. It still isn't right. It's an intriguing idea. There's got to be more to it. It can't be that simple. But I do think there's a lot to do talking specifically about training events being away that long. There's definitely anxiety involved. If one's been doing this for a long time and they're pretty capable looking down at the training, that it's beneath them or a waste of their time. And then just not feeling like it's fair. I have to go to this training. I'm not getting paid to go. It's occurring after work, so I have to work eight hours, then go to this. I'm not going to get home till late, and then you want me here right away in the morning, and then I got to go again, or you want me to do this at night. This training event is at night. I worked all day, and now I'm sitting at home. I got kids in the background squawking, dogs barking, wife bugging me to do this, do that. These are things that need to be discussed, and I think at least acknowledged Again, I have friends in other professions, doctors, they go, they do the training. They have to do it to maintain licenses, but they also like to be able to do their jobs and help people. And I think that's what we do too. We help people. I very much look forward to hearing from you guys about this episode. It's a rough one to talk about because probably strike one against me is it's hard for me to empathize with not wanting to go not wanting to take advantage of learning opportunities. It's probably a, a good bit of bias in there that's probably fairly noticeable. So yeah, I think I'll end it right there. I really, really appreciate you listening. Look forward to the comments on this one. I would like to thank the Aftermarket Radio Network for making this all possible. And thank you to NAP Autotech Training for sponsoring. And until next time, take care. You've been listening to Matt Fonslow diagnosing the aftermarket A to Z on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Matt on your favorite listening app. He's very interested in what you have to say. Let him know what you'd like him to cover and come on the show. Matt is all for advancing the aftermarket. Find Matt Fonslow on social media and connect or on aftermarketradionetwork.com.